The information provided in this podcast episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is in no way a replacement for a therapeutic relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Family, I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation I had with today's guest, Mr. George Berry. He is both a veteran and works in the trucking industry. This is the first guest that I've had the opportunity to interview since the pandemic has started. So we talked really about how COVID-19 has impacted the trucking industry. That was really cool. He is also an advocate in his industry. He works for truckers and some of the ways in which they are impacted. Some of the things I didn't know about. I think you're really going to learn some things from this and enjoy it as much as I did. All right, take a listen. Welcome to Minding My Black Business. Welcome to another episode of the Minding My Black Business podcast. And today we have Mr. George Berry here with us. I'm really excited about this conversation. Uh, George, welcome to the show. Hey, it's an honor to be here with you, Dr. Taylor. Thank Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you for accepting my invitation. So for the five people out there who don't know who Mr. George Berry is, (laughs) can you introduce yourself to the family and then let them know where they can find you? Sure. Um, So let's start off with that. I am a uh, combat veteran of of the United States Army. Uh, I started a trucking agency uh, last five years. But prior to that, I started my journey in trucking by receiving my CDL certification through Shipper's Choice uh, Driving School in Newport News. And in 2005, uh, 2006, I I bought my first truck. Uh, So I haul import and export containers. That's the uh, foundation of of my business. Um, So after doing the driving, uh, doing regional, local deliveries of import and export goods. Uh, as I said, I started a trucking agency, which uh, is fully staffed with two full-time employees that, do, that does the dispatching, any strategic logistical planning that needs to take place for uh, the t- nearly 10 drivers that I have. So uh, with that, they, those drivers, those independent contractors receive uh work or orders to pick up freight from the Port of Virginia and deliver to uh, regional customers. I also started an advocacy organization in 2014 called uh, For Truckers by Truckers. And that organization is, as I said, uh, to be an, it's a, it's a grassroots movement. It's an advocacy organization to represent the concerns, grievances, uh, to the Port of Virginia executive staff so that we as truck drivers uh, feel that we have a rightful voice in this industry. Seeing that we are very critical, it was imperative that we have our, our own voice. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, in, that's me in a nutshell. That's you in a nutshell. And where, where can they find you? If they, if they hear this interview and they want to meet you, where can they find you? Sure. Um, LinkedIn is a good location, I would say, for all professionals to reach me, George Berry. Find me there and um, we can connect on that basis. Uh, uh, There's also a Facebook page. I have Pioneer Transport VA. Uh, There's a website uh, for my agency. It's uh, 
Uh, it's pioneertransportva.com. Fairly simple. Try to keep the same brand going there. And uh, yeah, reach out to me. Let's connect. Okay. So we'll have a link to all of those things there. So when people are listening, they can just go ahead and follow and uh, subscribe and thumbs up and all those kind of things. In what, in what ways did your um, military career, George, like prepare you for the trucking industry? Do you think that was a crossover? Yeah, I definitely believe so. Uh, ironically, I came into the army in the transportation branch. Mm. So um, I was familiar with uh, a lot of the terminology. I was familiar with ports. I was familiar with a lot of the equipment and me, be, you know, elevating to the level of sergeant and putting me in that leadership role to learn how to delegate responsibilities and how to manage uh, a staff because we had soldiers that we had to manage in the army. Here it's, uh, it's staff that I have to, uh, civilians that I have to pretty much train on, uh, you know, all the different functions and tasks that's necessary to run my operation. So uh, what I take from the military a lot is that uh, instinct of attention to detail and, and primarily that leadership, those leadership traits and skills that really has benefited me. Uh, in my professional civilian careers. Yeah, I can see how being able to be an effective manager helps you when it's time to open your own your own Indeed. business. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed you, it was. you mentioned that you have um, an advocacy group um, for right. truckers by truckers. And what prompted that? Like, what challenges did you witness happening at the port to create that? So, we, what we as truckers, what we were experiencing were excessive wait times. I mean, four and five hours at the port just to pick up one container. And drivers are under uh, federal guidelines in terms of hours of service that we can operate. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of our time was being uh, uh, stolen from us, essentially, from being in the ports for, you know, such an excessive amount of time. So it was important that we could find a way to work with the Port of Virginia to curve those turnaround times. Mm. Uh, so uh, that was one of the biggest concerns we had at that time. There was also a lack of communication across the board with the Port of Virginia. Uh, just it, it, we needed our voice to be heard and we felt like it wasn't happening. So I really took up that mantle to say, okay, let me form a uh, a meeting. Uh, I did the marketing for the meeting, hand out flyers at the port uh, to other drivers because that, that was a challenge of its own because most drivers, we don't meet in a central location like employees do every day in one building. Right. So trying to get to the drivers of so many various companies and you only have so much time that you can get that done. It was important that I did that. And then from there, I, I led the, the discussion at a Golden Corral in Norfolk. Mm -hmm. We invited uh, uh, some of the newspapers, wanted to come, the Virginia Pilot, and I think Daily Press wanted to come out and hear about this meeting because they were concerned when drivers get frustrated, things could really, you know, take a turn for the worse. So, mm -hmm. and having a port executive there to kind of see what was going on, I said, sure, it was an open meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, and we weren't trying to hide anything we needed to discuss as far as our issues. So that began the chain of events to say, okay, 
we need, we got something here. Drivers are interested. We fill the, the restaurant with drivers. Mm-hmm. They must want this united voice. Mm-hmm. It's it's been tried before, but the organizations they kind of came and went and maybe left a bad taste in a lot of drivers' mouths. Mm. So I knew the integrity that I had instilled in myself, um, all those different principles of leadership that I, you know, have, I possess. I said, you know what, let's, let's keep this thing going. Let's start an organization. Let's get a Facebook page. Our Facebook page has over 3000 followers, 35, yeah, about 3,500 followers right now. Mm -hmm. So a, a lot of them in the industry is not just pork drivers on there. We also have international longshoremen that follow our page. Uh, stakeholders, Port of Virginia executives, you name it, they're following our page to hear what it is that we have to say. So that's, uh, awesome. that's why we keep that open platform. We have nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. It's full transparency on our behalf. But yeah. it is important that we exercise our, our voices. Absolutely. So for you, what is it like being the voice of change, to, to be the one that advocates for your peers? That feels like that would be a lot of like pressure. Indeed, it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, you learn how to filter mm-hmm. some of your uh, language because uh, you have so many eyes watching you. Mm-hmm. It, it sort of feels that you're leading a civil rights movement to some degree mm-hmm. because you know the some of uh, the onlookers mm-hmm. can may consider you as radical. Because ah. you're so voiceless. I don't come from a a place of, uh, you know, just tiptoeing in, in terms of what it is, the language that I use, uh, you know, um, not necessarily that it's uh, very provocative, but from the sense that it's uh, very stern, straightforward, mm-hmm. you know, um, this is what we need, demanding at times. Mm-hmm. And so I was nervous because I felt like I could have, I could become that, uh, that martyr oh, know, yeah. standing up for the organization. The first one they want to take out is the guy at the top, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't really have power necessarily, but uh, as time went on, the port even brought me in at one time to say, Hey, what is it that you're doing? What you wow. have going on here? So, yeah. And I had to speak to, you know, the, their head of public affairs and everything to assure them that, we're not starting any sort of uh, rebellious organization or anything of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, you know, a organization where we we are standing united. There's solidarity with the with the uh, poor drivers since we can't unionize. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a heavy task to take on, and I right. still fight now because there's certain boards and committees that I feel they need to make sure that I'm included on in there mm-hmm. uh, so that I can, you know, uh, successfully pass that information on to our port drivers and uh, continue to advocate in that, in that arena. So heavy, heavy. Uh, yeah. Well, how, how do you manage that though? How do you manage that extra stress? Cause you still have to walk around and do your job and right. uh, take care of your business and Indeed. your community work and all that kind of stuff. So how do you manage the pressure and stress? 
Indeed. Well, believe it or not, there's been a lot of uh, substantial changes in our industry since that time. The port has reinvested in their infrastructure, mm. uh, so it's really assisted in our turn times at the port. So we've reduced a lot of the time, uh, the uh, congestion times on the terminals, which has been great. So it's, it's brought down a lot of it's quite a lot of frustration for one. Um, number two is I have, when I send out emails, I send it through what I call my filter, which is another poor <laughs> driver who is an excellent writer. And I'm like, man, you need to be, you know, writing some books or giving some lectures. You're just an awesome writer mm-hmm. and you're just a truck driver, you know, mm-hmm. as they call you, you're just a truck driver. Um, but I run anything that I want to send out in mass through him. Mm-hmm. to filter it, clean it up, and then we distribute it to it. And I was like, man, I wish I could have wrote this. <laughs> but it, it's good because it helps me because oftentimes I write from a passive aggression standpoint, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. And that's not always good. <laughs> so I'm speaking from emotion. Right, right, right. From, you know, a, a, a different your position but anyway right, so right. i i pass it through certain filters i i seek advice from other terminal managers and mm-hmm. uh, folks that can understand my you know my concerns or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. uh, so there's always layers to mm-hmm. you know how i deal with the situation how i filter it through as i said okay so it sounds like you have a, a lot of support would you say that I would. I, okay. I would say folks are uh, generally supportive of what it is, especially from the port driver community. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, George, keep it up. Keep up the good work. So, you know, we're running on, what, five or six years now. So mm-hmm. they are like, you know, we're, we're still here. We, yeah. We're telling you, you know, that we're committed to this. I didn't just come in, take your money and run out of town. It was none. It was never that. That, that was never the plan. So. Right. Um, we want to keep this thing going for as long as we possibly can. And through the, uh, the ability through social media and technology, we can hold a lot of our meetings virtually. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, we're not doing a lot of, even before the coronavirus and everything mm-hmm. sort of take, took, took shape, uh, mm-hmm. we had dialed back from a lot of our uh, in-person meetings because it takes away from the driver's time, mm-hmm. it's family time. We know time off, being out of the truck is, the, is you know, value, is very valuable. So, you know, we, we don't want to continue to infringe on that to put out information. So we basically go to a virtual setup now. Today. Oh, that's fair. Okay. I mean, you mentioned the coronavirus and you're like the first guest that I'm having on the show since this whole thing. How has the trucking industry been impacted? How have you all been impacted by the coronavirus? Believe it or not, Mm -hmm. uh, first, I want to uh, just reflect on, you know, any of those that have lost their lives and to the families that have been impacted by uh, COVID-19. wish them all the best and our deepest condolences um what i would say is for our industry believe it or not uh, we've been doing fairly well uh actually what has happened is that i mean i think the understanding that truck the trucking industry is essential personnel when they say only essential mm-hmm. personnel <laughs> work 
We are essential persons. Right, right. You bring us the tissue and the hand sanitizer. That's right. right. (laughs) Somebody hold on. Some trucking company hold on that toilet paper. I don't know who it is. But uh, yeah, we are considered essential personnel. So our drivers are out there on the front lines when it comes to delivering to certain to warehouse facilities, so on and so forth. So I think we will continue to see this uptick in, or the surge, I would say, mm-hmm. of, uh, of 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 uh, freight. Would I, I, the only way it would be derailed? I should say is if there's if the warehouse staff. Uh, has to quarantine and they're no longer in the facility so the docks are no longer available for us to deliver to or if the port of virginia goes to some sort of lockdown situation where um is you know I, we don't want to really even fathom the thought right. of how that's it would play out right uh however uh right now i'm seeing a, a, i'm scaling up on my um uh, truck driving capacity. I'm getting more drivers uh, wanting to lease onto my agency to just, mm-hmm. you know take advantage of this time. Uh, you know, it, it's a time of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. So we, we may be doing great right now, but there may be a time next couple of weeks. Maybe my employees may have to work from home. I started being a little proactive with that mm-hmm. and got them two uh, two laptops from mm-hmm. Smart Giraffe so Yay. that they could take home and uh, yeah. Another black business one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh, we hopefully, uh, you know, won't come to them having to take, you know, the laptops home and dispatch from home. But if if need be, then we will uh, we'll exercise, um, you know, that ability. So yeah, they had the option at some point. Right, right. So let's pray. Everybody yeah, receiving trucks and. You know, we could continue to still be on the road, but we got to understand those truck drivers have families, too. Absolutely. So, you know, children are staying at home now, mm-hmm. uh, doing homeschooling. So, you know, uh, it's putting a little bit of strain, but at least, you know, there's still some revenue being generated, uh, uh, you know, in our industry right now. So mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. see what's going to happen. Let's see what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I pre- I appreciate that that point because I hadn't even thought that there might be an uptick. I thought that maybe everything would slow down, but it does make a lot of sense if we are constantly uh, hoarding supplies and food, yeah, and yeah. that those shelves don't restock themselves. Right, so, right. The store's yeah. booming right now. You yeah, like we ain't seen these kind of lines in a long time. Mm-hmm. You got mm-hmm. lines at Family Dollar. Right. Oh, what's going on? What y'all selling? <laughs> So, you know, I mean, it's a lot of fear, a lot of fear is fueling uh, all this money being spent. That's for sure. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So, George, I don't want to keep you all day, but I have one last question that I feel like it's really important that I need you to answer. It is, what does Minding My Black Business mean to you? What does it mean to me? Yes. <laughs> so minding my black business would mean taking care of self, taking care of my business, uh, making sure that everything is uh, running accordingly. Um, just, uh, yeah, I would say that's not to dribble on too long about it, but I think that's what it means to me. Uh, person, so kind of short and sweet on that. Yeah, I appreciate that. No, that's good. That's good. Now you failed to mention your uh your other community organization that you are very involved in. Which one is that? Oh, <laughs> Black Friends. 
Black Brand? Oh my goodness, yeah. Definitely, I, I love being a, a board member. I love you being a board member with Black Brand. I'm the commentary in a Black Brand. Yes, you are, sir. So yeah. I'm still learning what that means. <laughs> Still don't pronounce it or spell it correctly, but in, eventually I have all that down pat. <laughs> and uh, yeah, what I've been with Black Brian for what three, four years now. So you know, this is a uh, it's it's great. It's wonderful actually being a part of uh, such an important uh, uh, um, organization in our community. So we really need this as uh, Black people, as mm-hmm. people of color. Mm-hmm. It's an organization that needs to stay around for a long time. I've seen organizations come and go in this area. They yeah. weren't ran properly, but I think we've all made a commitment in Black Brand to see this run correctly mm-hmm. and professionally. And so I'm all in for it. Well, so. I, well we appreciate you. We appreciate you, Julie. Well, thank you so much for your wisdom. Uh, thank you for these insights. We really appreciate you stopping by, Joyce. Yeah, appreciate everyone's support. Thank you all. Say, we see a truck driver, sh- well, dap him or elbow bump. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joyce. Take care. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, family. We appreciate you listening. We need you to do us a favor. We need you to like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. Also, join us at Following the Movement on our website at MindingMyBlackBusiness.com. There you can find our Minding My Black Business merchandise, and you can also find our digital academy. Now, our academy is the place where we are looking to expand our resources, particularly emotional wellness resources for black entrepreneurs. And we already have worksheets there. We have more resources to come. You can follow us on our social media platforms. On Twitter, we are Minding My Black Biz. On Instagram, it's at Dr. Janae Taylor. And on Facebook, it's at Dr. Janae Taylor. So peace and blessings to us all. And when you're out there and they ask you what you're doing, don't forget to tell them, I'm minding my black business.